We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Evening, everyone. Sorry for the little bit of a late start. Welcome to Mavs Party. It's about 11 p.m. Following the Dallas Mavericks holding off the Detroit Pistons, 111-105. Luka Doncic scored, I guess. Did he score half? Yeah, yeah, 53. Yeah, he scored just under half of the Dallas Mavericks points. Um, 53 is many, many points. Um, I wrote a kind of pissy recap because I don't feel very good. And um, having to score 53 points just irritates the shit out of me. Like, like just on a day of discourse, cause I didn't really tweet that much. They was reading everybody's stuff. It's like, Oh, we can't give up so-and-so players. And then every single Mavericks player that wasn't Luca just be bopped around and barely got beat to a Pistons team. That's won 13 games. So I don't know. I'm feeling a little grumpy, a little tired. It's going to come out in my podcasting. I um, don't want to stick around for too long just because I'm worried that I, I, I think I have a literal fever <laughs> um, about that time of year, uh, a year. So what are you going to do? All right, let's fly through some folks and maybe we'll call it an early evening and you guys can uh, look forward to a glut of Mavs Moneyball content tomorrow. I have like four things already scheduled. Okay, coming up first, let's go to my man, Chris, Beacon of Positivity. What's happening? Hey, nothing. Yeah, so is it positive that uh, Theo Pinson could end up being in the net, averaging a negative one for the year? I uh, so. Keeps getting. He's, just, he, he's the cheerleader for how much I hate their process. Oh my god! I'm just like stop getting technical. Like you, stop doing anything. He's he's like the fucking yeah. intern getting in trouble at a company event. What are you doing? Yeah, God, man, it's horrible. But yeah, the fact that Luca has to what he tied his second best game ever, fifty three points. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was another game that they put on a recap that he scored fifty three. I think it was probably this year. He was 12 of 13 from two. And <laughs> the fact that if he would have made, I mean, 24 for 24 on the free throws, but if he would have made all his free throws, he'd have another 60 burger. Yep. 
So uh, that's just somebody ridiculous. pointed out. I want to say it was Mavs Marie pointed out that every time the crowd is chanting MVP, he misses his free throws. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that too. I saw that too. It's so annoying seeing every single team has been going uh, at us, and we're like four on three, just hard trapping Luca, and, and well, he turned and, it over. And- Luca, like in the coaching staff, deserves some credit for the second half. I mean, not starting Javale McGee, that was a nightmare. But, um, but starting like Luca, just basically, all right, I like very Thanos. I'm going to do it myself. Energy where he's just like, okay, I'm not passing. I'm just going to go score every every time. And once uh, Derek Harper smoking, I mean, Javale McGee was in the game, and he was like, I love Javale. I'm sorry. He's like, he hasn't been in the rotation as of late. Uh, not sure why. I was like, he's saying these things. I'm like. Because JaVel McGee sucks. Like, <laughs> we need Maxi back so bad. Like, uh, we just – no defense, no rebounding. It's uh, – but, yeah, the defense is just killing us. I mean, because, yeah, you could have Luka score 50, 60 points and you could still lose to a bad team. Oh, man. Uh, but they won. But if they would have lost this one, seats for Soldiers Night too. this is the game that you would look on the, the schedule and be like, if you had to bet all your money – that you know this would be the game that you would win. Like, I mean, going into the season, but, man, it's just so crazy. If we would have lost this game, how depressed all of us would be, and we would have to wait till Thursday to play the Pelicans. And I hope we don't lose against them. I don't know how they're on an A-game losing streak, the Pelicans, but I know Zion's out, but I don't know. I haven't really been watching much Pelicans games. I mean, is there something? They, we, they we are fun? injured, and they find new ways to to lose. Um, and that, that can affect teams. So uh, my, my things that I enjoyed tonight. So, uh, you know, realistically, Spencer turning it on or like, like managing to just find a fucking bottom of the net in the fourth quarter is what pulled the Mavericks ahead. Because after going up 10 0 to start the game, the Mavericks were outscored the rest of the game. Um, Spencer, right. Spencer opening up the fourth and being alive really, really helped them seal this game. The second, but, but realistically, the second best Dallas Mavericks player was that idiotic, uh, Detroit assistant coach talking shit at Luca, and <laughs> and he knows it gets Luca going. What, what are you doing? Like, Lu- actually, if you would think about it, maybe he's there to put in place to have because aren't they tanking anyway? I mean, maybe he's trying to get yeah. Luka going well, but so players don't anyway. tank. Organizations tank. It's yeah, organizations. And tank. and it's it's pretty wild to me because it's like Luca actually saying to him, "Who are you?" is one of the funniest moments of the season yeah. for me. Oh man, but no, Josh Green. He's he is that uh, man. He's just impressed me this year. Like how much he's. He, he, I don't he know. Didn't he, impress I, me. I don't like what what. But he scored eight points. What are you guys watching? Quit crediting him for not uh, being awful. I don't. I mean, it's just the energy. He There's does have energy. You're right. No, I, I'm not fair to him. Again, I don't feel good. But it's like he he needs to start. Yeah, just, just, really he needs shot. to start just for yeah. the added oomph. Like. I, the the yeah. I, I get a little frustrated when I hear the the Mavs announcers like talking about it. it's like ooh look at that amazing play and it's like okay straight line dunks are really awesome dunks are awesome it was a straight line dunk so can we just chill so it's like I, I there's there's a waffling that I always do where I I think that he is pretty important to their energy level and so he does add a lot of stuff that doesn't show up in the box score yeah. Because like you were saying, like, Luka needs to play with athletes. Well, like, I mean, and it, The energy can't always come yeah. from Luka. That's the problem. And, like, when yeah. he is not in it, and, you know, that's okay. The man's carrying a heavy load. And 
But shout out to I haven't I'm looking at the box score, but shout out to Reggie Bullock because I seem like every time he had a wide up a three, I so, felt like he made. I, it I feel the need to address this because there's like people don't like this when I do this about Green. It's like Josh Green is a three and D player. This is from Shishi, longtime listener. Appreciate always coming in. He is a defensive minded player. He isn't going to put up twenty points a night. The Mavericks need players who are going to put up twenty points a night. Like that's I I just can't implore you guys enough to right, go look right. at other teams' box scores and like the average stuff. The fact that Lucas scored 53, and if Spencer hadn't have come on, they would have had no one in double digits. Like that, that's impossible. Yeah. Right. We just need well, rebounding too and just simply staying and just shout out to Jamel McGee like that. for like showing me up for about three minutes and then just giving it all back to start the third quarter. He's just a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, but but remember, Derek Harper loves him, right? It was, uh, he's like, I, lo- I love Javel. I'm well, sorry. It's like, and, and to get back to Josh, <laughs> Ethan points out in the chat, Josh is a better defender than Dorian and Reggie. Right now, he absolutely is. Like the the you know, not to get yeah, too yeah. off course, but like part of why I'm so flabbergasted by like the online discourse around Dorian is it's like he feels like um, Robert Covington after he got traded a couple of times. It's like, oh, he's a great 3 and D defender. And he just couldn't move like he used to because defending guys is hard and like wears people's legs. It's like if the, you know, I don't want to trade Dorian either because I think he's pretty valuable to the team process. But again, we're talking about a guy that scores eight points and four rebounds. Like it's all these guys that we're all really attached to are not top 100 NBA players. I, Maybe man, Spencer, I Spencer's have, about I it. I just yeah. want this team to be a complete. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Dinwiddie. But yeah, this team just needs to be shaken up like massively without giving up draft. Well, then they're not gonna. Uh, like, what's gonna happen over the next few days is the picks. The price for certain players will come down. It's a matter of does it come down to enough to what the Mavericks can do, and are they gonna do something small? I, there's nothing big to do. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. And if they do anything, it's gonna be the last. It's gonna be at the eleventh hour. It's gonna be the last minute. I mean, it's. There's, Mr. Ali in the chat. Make a playoff. Mr. Ali in the chat notes that Boyan was auditioning for the Mavericks today, and I just can't. That horrifies me because the list of players who have cooked Dallas, and granted, Boyan is really good, so I'm not being fair here. But the list of players who have cooked Dallas only for Dallas to yeah. go overpay is long, and it scares me. Yeah, by the time we get bo- bogey, he's going to be like 37. So let's just, yeah. Well, they should have signed him in 2019, so. but it's like, oh, he can't play defense. And I'm like, defense is for nerds. How many mistakes? You need to rack up a list. You probably have it down. How many mistakes they made in 2019? I, no, stuff just it, – it's free agency. I, I make free agency sound a lot easier than it is because realistically, guys want to go to about four locations, and then everything else is about relationships and agents. It's like why, as much as I hate the Mavericks getting back in with Clutch, with Jaden Hardy, it's probably a good thing for the team's future moving forward. And last thing, I've seen on first take many times throughout the years how many times Stephen A. Smith have gone on like, why, why does anybody want to go to the Mavericks? You know, so Texas is a state income uh, tax free state and blah, blah, blah. I say all these things. I'm like, I know, I know, I don't know either. So maybe well, I, that, that was a great boy on Luca Duel, though. Like that game, like, so when yeah. I'm now that I've gotten my piece out, I enjoyed the feistiness of the game. I just need the Mavericks to kick the shit out of someone. I went back and looked. Yeah, that, that was too close for comfort. We were only up to with like a minute 15 or whatever to go. That was way too close for comfort. If we would have lost this game, like, we'd be all in a state of depression sure. right now. Like, it had been horrible. But no, anyway, okay, let's, the, the, let's get a win on Thursday, hopefully. That's right. Well, thanks for joining us, bub. All right, let's go to who's next. We got a, we got a list here. Krishna, we're going to let you come up first, but I'm not going to let you talk for 15 minutes. Oh, Kirk, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm all, I'll be better. I just had some warm soup. 
That's hopefully, good. Hopefully, um, I'll be less of a less of an asshole as the podcast goes on. No, I hope. Hopefully, you get better, and hopefully, everyone is staying safe out there. I know so it's cold. Kind of what is? I'm such a sissy. I lived in DC for years, and like this is normal weather, and I went outside today. And I'm no. like, this is terrible. I'm dying. <laughs> well, I, I lived in Jersey and basically I'll go to New York all the time and God, it's this is terrible. But um, I don't know. This is kind of like emblematic of all the problems the Mavericks have, right? Like, okay, it's great that Luca scored 53. Like, that's awesome. It's a story. But I, I felt like, you know, I know before the season there was people here and, you know, we're fans. Like, you, we should, you should have, like, pride and you should be excited. But people are saying, oh, we might get third in the West. And you know, even you and Tim were saying, oh, we might get sixth. And I looked at this this West and I said, I don't know. Like, I just don't feel that good about this team that just lost its second best player. And and then you have your owner saying dumb stuff like we're going to replace his scoring. And it's like, well, Jalen Brunson did more than just score for your team. And it's kind of tough to, to really understand what's going on. But I I don't know. I'm glad Luca had a good game and I get your frustration with Josh, right? Like I'm not going to sit here and say, no, I, this, it is not Josh frustration. It is Josh conversation frustration. Like, right. And, and, but my, my point about like, it's kind of this collaboration of things, right? Mavericks fans have these expectations and they rightfully should because Luca is a top three, top, top player in the league. He scored. So, so Giannis scored 50 points in 30 minutes the other night. Luka did the same thing tonight. He only scored three in the second quarter during that six-minute stretch. So that meant his other 30 minutes, he scored 50 points. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, it's not a complaint about Giannis, right? But, like, the fans have these expectations, but we also have a roster that is just so poorly constructed. And so when you have these things collide, you're obviously always going to be up for discourse. But I feel like both of these things kind of stem from – they're oh, not kind of. They stem from ownership – placing these high expectations because they put, you know, all these ideas and all these thoughts out there, but then they put a roster that doesn't ever make sense, right? They go out and they lose their second best player. Then they sign a guy who is good and makes sense when you have your second best player. But then they also go out and sign a 33 year old when you have one of the oldest rosters on the team and then draft a player who is a Project, right? Jaden Hardy, I like him, but he is a project. He is someone you will get. He made that bit like it's, it's one beautiful play. The end one was amazing, and then he got his shit sent back like three times in a turnover. That's okay. Kind of, That's okay. Yeah, but he is a like victory yeah. scout, right? Like he is someone you are going to get something good out of every few games. But the problem is, you don't have the rest. You, the rest of your team is not good enough for that. You sure. have guys like Dorian and Reggie, and even Dwight to some extent. Who would be fine as fifth, you know, at best fourth best players on your team, right? Like you put Dorian on even the Kings. Is Dorian the fourth best player on the Kings? I don't know. You can't need everybody on your rotation to have a good night to get a win. Like Spencer having an off night should be allowed. And it's not really possible. Exactly. And and fundamentally that all comes down to to, I don't even say front office at this point anymore because it's very clear how much of this is actually front office decisions. Now, that doesn't mean I alleviate any of the blame from Nico Harrison, but so, a lot of that goes on Mark Cuban. Like, you you can't say these things. You know, he says things like, you have to go into the room and act like you're the smartest person. Well, it doesn't seem like you have learned anything from acting like you're the smartest person in the room. Now, where does this team go? I don't know because fundamentally... 
the situation over these past few years has been one where there has been no plan. It's very much been flying by the seat of your pants. And while that's okay in certain situations, you need to, uh, there's no legitimate plan in terms of, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to stick by this. We're going to make small adjustments to it. It, it seems more scattergun. It seems more like, I guess we're going to do this. I guess this is the right decision. I guess we might say this. But, and I think ultimately it's what's failed. And, and I think it's something that still happened early on in Mark Cuban's ownership. But I think the difference is the game has changed so much fundamentally sure. where even the worst teams today are shooting more threes than back then. And, you know, I, I know that you sometimes like you get up about like, Oh, the team, the, the talent is still not there. But I think overall the talent pool in the NBA has risen a sure. lot since then, you know, OKC have a, you theoretically have a player who is an all-star worthy player. 10 years ago, you wouldn't have said a team in the 10th or 12th spot would have been ever close to having a team, uh, having an all-star level player. And so when you have teams like that, doing things like that, having youth, having players that are a lot better, you can't still have the same kind of construction you had then and expect it to work now, even though I think Luca is a better player than Dirk. I think just on a, not in terms of a fan base. Oh, at this point in his career? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Dirk, was and, a, Dirk was an athletic nut in his fourth year, but or fourth, fifth year, but he was like, this This is a different beast. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Exactly. And I think the, the problem is, you know, you've, you've expressed it. This team, this ownership thinks the Mavericks are something they are not. And, you know, you kind of like Chris mentioned like, oh, all the state income tax stuff. Well, Bomani Jones was on like the CJ McCollum podcast or show or whatever. And he's like, why don't people go to the Mavericks? Like, is it because you can't play with Luca? They don't have state income tax and all this stuff. And then Bomani mentioned something about, you know, Mark Cuban and CJ basically said like, you know, people know why we don't go yeah. there. No, and I, it's it's the it's, it's what the I've written about. It's all the stuff. Yeah. It's the Listen, chicanery. Like, we we can clown about like Russell Westbrook breaking yeah. threes. And you just, not don't, being you just don't do that many things. Like it's all, and it, it adds up. Like you know, it, for every, I mean, the cost plus drug stuff is amazing, but that players don't care about that. It's not an excuse. It's yeah. not an excuse. Like it doesn't excuse you from doing things that are not related, right? Like I don't want to bring it up, but 2018 is still not like, it's still not a good thing. That whole situation is not excusable. Like this, this whole thing has just been building up and and, and buffling. And honestly, that was the point where if you thought you could save your reputation or still have a positive influence in this fan base, that probably should have been the point you left this team. You sold it off for a profit. I just think from here, it's it's getting to a point where now more casual fans are going to realize what the real situation with this team is, where yeah. more media is going well, to the road trip. This. The road trip is going to really open. Like they they play a number of games on the road. I think it's five in a row, and that's that's it's this is the make or break point of the season. They're three three games above five. No, there's they're two games above five hundred, which is good. Um, and we'll we'll see where they go. But um, yeah. 
I'll, I'll, I'll get off because I don't want to hold you up to it. And I'm sure there's a lot more people. So you guys have a good night and take Talk care. Soon. Special guest of the program. We're, we're going to refer to him by the, the name I originally called him. Xavier. <laughs> How you doing, Xavier? I'm doing well, Kirk. Um, I wonder, wonder what, wonder, wonder what Xavier Henry is up to. <laughs> Somebody brought him up in a group chat there, and I was like, "That dude." Uh, anyways, what's going on? I thought he was going to be a two-way monster in the league, <laughs> but no. So, look, I've been thinking about the team, and I think, you know, not to have a referendum on the last however many years, but I think the answer to how we arrived here is quite simple, right? Sure. I think it's two things. Um, I think that you know everybody hates the word "plan powder," whatever, whatever, but. I think you and Josh mentioned it in the Slack. Like, Chris Paul and Dwight Howard were going to be Mavericks until Dwight Howard decided to opt back into his contract. Yep. Right? Inexplicably. Yep. And, the plan and was that, good. It just didn't And work. it was awkward, right? Stan yeah. Van Gundy was there drinking the Coke and then Dwight was <laughs> all around. And the entire thing was awkward. And because Dwight Howard is a lunatic, Chris Paul and Dwight Howard were not Mavericks. If those two players show up on the Mavericks, we're not talking about, oh, playing powder and this and the sure. plan was there. It just Dwight blew it up. And then the second thing was the Porzingis trade, right? Yeah. And look, I am not going to shit on Cuban for the Porzingis trade. That was a good gamble. Like, you have I, to make the gamble. He was an all-star. Exactly. When you are the type of team where players don't come in free agency, you have to find a way to get a star, a potential star here. And he was the best available based on the assets we had. You make that trade 100 times out of 100. It didn't work out. But everything since then stems from that trade because we haven't had the picks to package. Now, the idea was you have Luca, you have KP, everybody else is there in a complimentary role. The problem with fans is that KP didn't work out. We can't move him for value. And now the fans think the complimentary pieces that if you stack up enough quarters, eventually it's going to net you a dollar. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Not when you don't have the picks that they'll win. So is it incompetence? Is that the, the That's a lot of bad can? luck. It's a it, lot of bad luck. It's it's a lot of things, and you're right. But I think it's so simple. It's just, hey, Dwight Howard blew up the original plan. Hey, Porzingis' knees didn't hold up, but that's a chance that you have to take when you haven't signed well, a rookie I mean, free agent. Well, the decades. other thing about the Porzingis deal, and this is this is this is not my take. Mike Pellucci over there at 77 Minutes has this take where he he thinks that the Mavericks are two years behind a lot of trends where they got Porzingis to play drop coverage as drop coverage was going out of vogue. And I think that's, that's accurate. The knees stuff, like it might, it might've happened anyways, because Porzingis now looks like a pretty dang good defender there in DC, but it doesn't matter because so many teams are shooting so far behind the arc. So anyway, I, I was, I've just been thinking about that because I think it's, no, a good, the game. it's a good take. But in theory, right, Porzingis was supposed to be the, per- the ideal yeah. complimentary star to Luca. It just didn't work out. But I think, like, now for fans, look, enjoy this season, crack your Bud Light, watch the Mavericks. Hope that They're Luka's not that fun to watch, season. though, actually. Not. That's the real bitch. You know, you follow me on Twitter. You know, I've been saying that since the season started. This yeah. is not a fun watch. I don't enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm also not going to set unrealistic expectations because I see fans clamoring for these complimentary pieces. Like, you're going to sacrifice a potential star to win what another three, four right. games again, bounce in the first That's round right. and six instead of getting swept. And plus like, and no, this team, like the thing that I, I circle back to this with Josh is that I really can't stand watching this team. However, I would not put it past this team to beat. They could beat any team in the West in seven games because Luca is that good. 
He's that Look, good. If, if Reggie and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dorian Finney-Smith catch fire from threes, we can beat anybody. Yeah. But we knew that. Yeah. But if those shots don't fall, we don't have a plan B. We don't have a defense to fall well, back on. But the plan B lately has been Luka score 50 points. That's the the evolution, though, Axe. It's like the, the plan B has been Luka score 50 points, and it's worked more than it hasn't. That's what's crazy. In a regular season. And I yeah, think that's uh, yeah, the difference yeah. with fans. It is a playoff basketball and it's regular season basketball. And, hey, Lucas scoring 50 is going to be good enough against most teams on the average NBA regular season night. But we just got to be realistic about what I we are. We're beat not the, the Grizzlies, man. I really think yeah. they could beat, like, three or four of these teams that are above them in the standings. Can they beat the Warriors? Maybe it, if it, Come on, Kirk. Be honest with yourself. Can they beat it, the Warriors? It depends what edition of the Warriors we get. The Warriors who played the Grizzlies in the playoffs last year, yes. Because the Grizzlies punched them in the mouth a couple of times. And then we got the friggin' fully activated Death Star. But, you know, the, the team that we ended up playing, absolutely not. No, because, you know, they, they play, they're too good on locked-in defense. But defense is also not something you can just turn on. Like, the Mavericks have learned that the hard way themselves, and the Warriors are too. So it's, like, I will buy the argument. Like, I tend to agree with you more or less, but I just, if they don't make any moves, the Mavericks, and they just go into this the rest of the year, could they win a playoff series? I really think they could. Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree. I just don't think we, we can win a title. But can we can we make the second round? With if the matchups fall the right way, can yeah. we make it make it back? Yeah, but then we're yeah. getting swept. But anyway, I was around. <laughs> I wanted to hop on and just appreciate you. with you because all right, Kirk. Talk soon. Yep. Just a, the, a green room, a, a locker room OG. Um all right, let's let's keep going. Brett, what's up? Hey Kirk. So my main take on the game. I mean, obviously, I agree. It's kind of disappointing to see, but the 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 lineups that that they finished the third and fourth quarters with, that's the that's the lineup that'll play like thirty five minutes a game in the playoffs. Who was it? Tell me, I don't remember. Uh, it was it was uh, Luca Dinwiddie, um, Bullock, Green, and Finney Smith. Ah, so I mean, so no Tim. Yeah, yeah, and 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 no Wood. Obviously, he's injured, but that is, I mean. I mean, like, assuming what I mean, if I, I I agree with you that I think Wood probably gets traded, but like, yeah. But if he's still on the team, like, he's not playing minutes in the playoffs. No. I mean, he might, but it's going to be really weird, and it's going to be very KD-like, I mean, he, where it's like, oh, we got to get him his touches, and yeah, I mean, like, he, like his he his role would have to change, but like those are, I mean, those are the Mavs, like that those, that five plus Wood is the Mavs five best you know, five of the six best players. Right. And that's, and like, you know, without Hardaway out there, like the defense is significantly better. Like going from like Hardaway is like probably Trey Young level bad at defense at this point. Like he is, he's probably like a bottom five defender. He tries. He just does the wrong thing every time. It's remarkable. Oh yeah. Which, which is, which is almost worse. Yeah, oh, it is. Cause like I, I go to like, like my son is playing like YMCA sixth grade basketball and it's like that in the sense of where it's like you have these kids that are trying so hard, but they don't know what they're supposed to do, so they just do the wrong. <laughs> I mean, like if if he played with like with like twenty five percent less energy and just kind of stood there more, he would just like luck sure. into being in the right position more. I mean, that's how he takes he charges. He just gets in the way. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that 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 five. I mean, it plays well together, and and th- and that's what I mean. That's what the Mavs did last season for the end of the for the yeah, and Tim wasn't a part of that like that's a key yeah like, 
Exactly. Uh, I saw one of the the fan hosts. Uh, gosh, can't remember the guy's name. Ask if like we would have beaten Utah with Tim Hardaway, and I like at this point I I don't know what I don't think the answer is yes. Like Tim is Tim and Bullock have a problem where it's like they can't exist in the same space and play well. Yeah, I mean, like like if I were to draw up the lineups, I mean, I just don't think that you can have. I don't. I get that like they are, they they have that it's. Like the options worse than Hardaway on the team are really really bad. Yeah, like yeah. he's obviously, despite being pretty terrible, at this point he's better than Bertans. No, and like the, the calls Milo for Jaden Hardy, I, I I appreciate the frustration, everybody, but the calls for Jaden Hardy, he he is not ready to play at this point. When if he has a good start, I think they should keep playing him. But, like, when he has a bit of a rough start, kid pulls him, and that drives everybody crazy. But, like, the Mavericks didn't have the margin for, for Hardy tonight. Exactly. I mean, when you when you get blocked, and he didn't get, like, he didn't get blocked. He That's got, the stuff that happened to him in the G League. The, like, I don't see this big, tall person there at the rim type stuff. I mean, it, until his jumper is good enough that, Teams have to legitimately respect it. Mm-hmm. He won't be able to like be an actual NBA player. Maybe, like, maybe, like, maybe because, get because of his it's size. It's not happening this week. It might happen. You know. Yeah, it, it could it could happen at some point. But I think that that Hardaway, they they really just Green needs to. And I and I agree with you that like Green is asked to do too much, and I don't and I'm not like massively impressed with him. But like he is significantly better at this point, and Hardaway. Cannot play more than continue playing like the number of minutes yeah, he does. I agree with that. And, and I honestly think that it like if they're going to make a change at any point, like this is this is kind of like when you have to make that change so you can let your best lineups get start. Yeah, but it, and yeah, no, this is this is tough. And, and and also the other problem with Hardaway starting alongside, like if Hardaway's going to continue to start, then Dinwiddie can't start. Like the two of them are your worst. Two defensive like rotation players, right? And and I would like Spencer. Uh, there, I don't even know if he's in the chat anymore. But there's a guy, uh, a dancer, Spinwitty or whatever his name is in the chat. Like, I'm tough on Spencer because like I don't think he attacks near enough when he's in the game with Luca. And if he's not going to attack, he shouldn't be in. And I would if if he shouldn't start, then he should get those second man, those six man minutes, and just let it rip. Like I'm okay. Like like with him treating himself like he's you know, a uh, uh, peak Jason Terry just going in and scoring buckets. I, I mean, I I agree. I think that, I mean, he he's, he, his one, other than apparently being like an elite three-point shooter <laughs> now, his, 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 his best skill is like his ability to draw fouls yeah. as, as a guard. And he draws like a, an exceptional amount of fouls for being like not the lead guard on the team. And that's his best skill. But if he's just like standing in the corner, that's like, that's fine when Luca is playing like he did tonight. Dealing and dealing, yeah, yeah. But, but if especially when they're, you know, when they're doubling Luca or they're trapping or whatever, that's when he needs to. He he can't just be. He can't just play like Bullock or or Finney Smith or Tim or whatever, where you're just gonna like pass the ball around the perimeter. You have to just like attack the indecision of the. Right. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Well, all yeah. right. Thank you for hanging out. Oh, no problem. Thanks. All right. So I did see something in the chat I wanted to ask. Um, he said Hardy should never get less than 12 minutes a game. If the team, you know, I would only agree with this if we're okay with the Mavericks seeding games and seeding position in the West. 
they with the margins that they play by, they have a point three point differential. So they're like barely they're a five hundred team right now that is playing above that because uh, they're two games above five hundred. That's how point differential works over over a long enough span. If we're okay with the Mavericks seeding games and being perhaps like a bottom half, like eight, nine, ten team, that's okay. But with the margins that they're playing at, they cannot afford Hardy's mistakes because Hardy's mistakes are pretty catastrophic when he has them. That said, I do understand the inclination to want to play him. I I would like to see him play more too. I think that kid does have a pretty good plan for him. All in all, when he plays well, he gets rewarded with more minutes. When he makes mistakes like he did tonight, they pull him. So, okay, let's see who else we got. David, how you doing, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Kirk? I hope you feel better. Thanks, buddy. Hey, uh, so yeah, just got got home tonight uh, from uh, from from being at the AAC. It was actually a pretty good crowd, all things considered, with the uh, weather. Um, <sighs> So whew, uh, just glad I made it home safe. Hope everyone else is staying safe and warm in uh, North Texas. But uh, so I, I put this in the chat earlier and I just wanted to get your thoughts. Like us minus Luca versus the Pistons minus Cunningham, obviously, because he's out. Like, are we actually even more talented? No, no. I mean, Jalen Duran is a boss. That dude on our team with Luca would be a monster. Now he'd probably foul out because he's a youth. Um, and then who was the other guard that fouled out for them? Um, Ivy, and you know, if Ivy didn't foul out, they, if they hadn't shit the bed twice at the end of that game, because Ivy had he been in with bogey, just cooking us in the fourth. Like, I don't know that we don't lose that. Like that. Ivy, Ivy is the kind of thunder, like him and him and Cunningham. If Ivy can figure out how to play defense, they're going to be real. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like they are definitely an up and coming team, uh, in, in the East. Well, and I sat next to two Purdue fans that were also Mavericks fans. So they were like torn on how to, <laughs> how to root. It was hilarious. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, cause I, my other question is if we are more talented then then our woes have to be on our coaching staff and like yeah. looking at Ross and yeah. seeing Dwayne Casey and just made like, you know, 2011, like I was like, come back to us. <laughs> like, he got out and was like livid when Josh Green hooked. Oh, I can't remember who he hooked. I, I wasn't Sadiq. It was somebody smaller. He absolutely hooked in somebody and threw them to the floor. <laughs> in the third. And I thought Casey was going to punch a ref. Like he came out spewing fire. I was like, that's, I miss, I miss having like an actual authentic human as a coach. I mean, I, I, part of me thinks kid saves this stuff because I've heard from people that he's actually quite vicious as he's talking, his facial expression just doesn't change, which is why he got that tech the other night. But I know the demonstrative stuff, I would like to see it every now and again. Yeah, it would just be, it'd be, it'd be nice to, to get that, that feeling. And I think that's one of the reasons, like, I think it all goes together. You keep talking about this and I feel this too. And I, and I think a lot of us do, it's not a fun team to watch. Like we, we grind out these wins. Well, it's the lack of ball. It's, it's like Spencer and Luca. And then green, <laughs> tell me if you remember this. He drove from the left wing tonight. It was like early in the first quarter and got fouled. But as he was getting fouled, he was doing like a spinning jump pass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Where it's just like, he's just a little <laughs> too out of control sometimes to be the third ball handler, but it's just dribbling matters. Like dribbling is so important. 
Okay, wait. So th- there was a moment too that like had my uh, my my buddy that uh, shared, we shared the package with. Uh, we were screaming at the end of this, to almost the end of this, uh, the half with Reggie Bullock having not only the most wide open three, but also a wide open fucking lane to the basket. And he goes <laughs> two steps in, stops and turns to look who he can throw it to. Is because they trap Luca too early at half court, and he just threw the easiest like pass over the trap. And got it to Reggie, and Reggie was lost. Like, I'm not sure if his hair got in front of his eyes or what, but, like, Jesus, like, you're a professional NBA player. You you need to know how to de- handle yourself in that situation. If you don't have a floater, just go to the rim, for Christ's sake. You're six, what, six, seven? Reggie, he's, he's six, five, maybe six, four. But, yeah, I get you. Six, point. five, sorry. It, uh, I, I... I was like, I, I nearly went horse. She, 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 she uh, points out in the chat, she said those jump passes work. Seen him do it before successfully. They absolutely do work. It's that we need two more people like him. Like we need the, like the, the willingness to dribble is it just becomes so apparent when the Mavericks like offense bogs down. Someone sent me a tweet that said, I really love this Mavericks offense where Luca dribbles passes to someone and they immediately pass it right back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I think the the biggest thing too. Uh, so you know we we talk about the past a lot and the mistakes of the the management yeah. and, and just trying to you know trying to maintain our sanity with how we we were in this weird spot where we have the best player in the league but one of the worst teams in the league. I don't who I, I keep asking my like I my I am absolutely a firm believer that Luca needs a honest to God point guard. If we're gonna play anything like Houston Rockets Harden ball, which I I don't love saying that. We need our Chris Paul. Like that team that year should have won it if it wasn't for Chris Paul's injuries against the Warriors. Like they yeah. were good enough to beat everybody. I think that's true. And I think that's that's where we have to go. So however we get there, uh I you know time we're never gonna get like Jalen Brunson. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, losing Brunson hurt. <laughs> but I just I, I keep thinking, you know, if if this if this management team in the next two not this season, obviously, with our restrictions, but either next year or the year after can find a way to get an honest to God scoring point guard, somebody who can actually create for the rest of the team. Scoot Henderson. Sorry. I'm not, I'm losing my mind at this point. Do you know who Scoot Henderson is? So Mm -mm, no, depending on how much of a masochist you are, this year's draft has some 2018 talent in, in my opinion. Scoot Henderson is the guy projected to go after Victor Wembanyama. He's like a six-three tank of a point guard who is like Baron Davis, and before he tore his knee, I mean, he is a monster. So it's like when you start looking at this stuff, it just oh, it wow. makes okay. me like mad because we don't have a pick because I love picks. Like I twenty twenty was so much fun right up until we drafted three guys that I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Well, picks are exciting because like it gives us something like to root for. The problem is, so I'll, I'll say this. I, I know some other people. It's getting late, but like uh, my well, a good friend of mine, you know, argue Mavs all the time. In like 2021, he kept trying to tell me that this team, this roster between Maxi, DFS, yeah, all of it, was like two years away from competing for a title. And that didn't make any sense to me because I was like, we're seeing the best now, and we can't win a title now. So why are these guys going to suddenly be better? And of course, they're not. Like. Time is just making me more right every every freaking game, and uh, I, he's finally come around. But I'm like, why why do people fall in love? Like, I love Dwight Powell as a person, but like he's super limited. I like DFS, but like 
he probably had his best year career-wise last year. Yeah. We might never see those numbers again. Oh, well, thanks for hanging out, man. Yeah, yeah. Everyone be safe, be warm. Uh, and uh, Sure thing, bud. Okay. Tyron, thanks for waiting. What's going on? Hey, Kirk, what's going on? I'm all right. Kind of, wow, we got 100 people here. Y'all are weird. I appreciate you, though. <laughs> well, I, when I, I appreciate you. That's actually why I came up here to just thank you for what you do. Because oh, this is the time of year where, and I don't want to say any specific names, but I get really frustrated listening to other Mavs media uh, at this time of year spewing just utter nonsense. And it's just kind of like, do y'all even watch the team? Oh, I mean, I like Nick Angstad's my buddy. And I almost got into it mid-game because he was like, you've got to, like, he basically quote-tweeted me. He was like, you've got to stop bitching about McGee. And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% there with you. But uh, I, obviously the climate right now is uh, centered around, you know, the trade and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and me personally, I, I could be very wrong. I would love to hear your take on the matter. Um, there was a, a, a show today and uh, their their content consisted of um, basically shedding cap space, which I'm 100% fine with. There's a lot of guys on this roster I, I could see go and I probably won't even remember they're on the team next year. Um, but in that case, if we do shed cap, and, uh, you know, get our draft picks and, and try to draft people in the summertime. My only fear is when we draft people and we don't use sure. those picks to trade or whatever, we don't do anything with our draft picks. And that irritates the shit out of me. So it's just kind of like, what do we do? I mean, we're just <laughs> in such a catch-22. Because, like, I want them to have right, a pick right. too, but it's, it's just a catch-22. I, I, I don't. <laughs> I complain a lot because it's my deal, but they've just got, I don't see a way out. That's why I like, I, I just fall back into it. And the way out is through and by Luca being really good and by something happening that none of us can predict. Like that's the real way out. Right. Well, and I, I think I, me personally, and it's just my take. I think the only way out honestly is to blow it up. Yeah. I mean, even, even tonight we won because Luca fucking went off tonight. But other than that, there was just so much disconnect on the floor. Yeah. The first, they, were, it, it, they, were, it, it, they didn't look, they, you know, they kind of won by attrition because the Pistons stopped hitting threes, but they looked sick of each other for significant stretches of time. Oh yeah. No, they don't get along. You can, you can, well, I, I think they the do. Mavericks. It's just, it's like, it's a lot. It's like the same coworkers for, for four years kind of thing. Right. Right. I mean, just the Mavericks that we saw in the bubble, that that camaraderie mm-hmm. versus what we saw tonight, two totally different teams, and it's yeah. it's, it's it's not going to work. Uh, uh, another thing too is, I know there's a lot of uh, you know discord around Jaden Hardy. My my thing is, we're not going to win the the title this year, right? Like fuck it, let let, let the guy get some heat. Sure. You know what I mean? Blow it up, and and, and my thing, blow it up now. Let's retool during the summertime and then just go from there. Cause whatever the fuck we're doing right now, it's not working. It's not going to work. You can go get somebody right now. I can go get Jordan Clarkson, go get whoever right now. It's just a band aid. Like it, it doesn't ultimately fix anything. As long as we keep playing this slow ball, 
Luka-centric, and I'm going to catch hell for saying that. No, but as fine. long as we it's keep true. playing this, that same Luka-centric slow ball, we're not going to do anything. I don't care who you put next to him. It's not going to work. I, know, I want the coaches to step up and fucking coach. I want Mark Cuban to sit down and then let Nico Harrison do what they need to do to get this team back on track. Because right now, it's it's very... Very hard to watch the team. I've seen a lot of Mavericks teams. Well, the defense is just not – the defense is not coming back because you, you – with the no. talent that you have, that we have, that we watch – like, first of all, half the guys have dead legs. The other thing is a lot of what they did last year is based off of effort. And if if you don't have – Right. Like, what do you – I just don't see how they get it back. Not, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Let's hit the reset button. Why Why keep doing the same thing over and over and over again? Every well, year? I, I, We're gonna lose. I think that's what they ought to do, but them convincing that of Luca, this is like the only year they can, and I think with the way they've treated him, which is to be fearful of him and his responses, uh, they've kind of backed themselves into a corner because, you know, I mean, the, the Thunder have done this with Shea Gillius-Alexander. I know he's not quite the level of player that Luka is, but he's a damn good basketball player, and they basically tried to explain to him, hey, look, we need to sit you for the good of the team. And the Mavericks, I don't think, can do that with Luka because they've kind of given him carte blanche the past three years. Yeah, and it, isn't that a catch-22 as, as well? You know, we catered to, to Luka at our own detriment <laughs> every year. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Well, dissing so, so Bobby in the chat right. makes a good point. He said, "Kirk, that's just not true. They didn't sign some players that he liked." Okay, but like, just watch the difference between Luca being out and how he coaches, and how Jason Kidd coaches the team, and Luca playing games. It's a wildly different thing. Carlisle stopped coaching totally him entirely. Yeah. They basically were like, "We're just going to let Luca be Luca," and I think that's that's doing Luca a disservice because he is an intense competitor. He wants to win. I also think he wants to be coached and I think he wants to fight. And I think that there's an element of that. That means some relationships might not be Mavs for life because some relationships burn their course, but you can't, like you have to argue any productive workplace has conflict. And I feel like the Mavericks have been very conflict averse for Luca for a long time. Yeah, and that's that's he's, that's come on. Not good. He's saying I don't I, agree, I, I, Kirk. Dinwiddie just stepped in for Luca, and they went one and one, and they barely scored a hundred points. Come on, guys, <laughs> what are we doing? They're zero yeah, six without Luca. They won that one game by three points. If if the big if the big lug at the at, at Phoenix hadn't been six of twenty, they would have lost. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, and I, I just kind of look at at. I mean, obviously, Luca's a great, you yes. know, obviously, obviously numbers wise, but if you look at the greats, they still had a coach that you know brought the best out of them. You look at Mike and and, sure. and Phil, you know, you look at you know all these all these all these other guys. They had great coaches behind them, and Luca needs that because this this. Harden ball that y'all keep talking about that he's playing right now it's not going to do anything uh my favorite player of all times i'm a diehard mavericks fan but my favorite player of all time has to be Allen iverson one of the greatest of all time didn't win shit because everything was censored and catered to him and around him well the best that the 76ers could do back then right but he didn't win shit uh harden i mean as much as i can't stand james harden gotta give him his flowers where it's due he was a great player Everything, you know, was centered around Harden. Didn't work. He didn't win shit. I do not want Luka to stay here in Dallas and not win shit because 
the Mavericks organization and coaches are afraid to do their job when it comes to him. I don't think you'll run him off by stepping in and doing your job. He he would. I think he needs that. And he would want that. I, I, and that's the only way the Mavericks are going to be successful going forward. If I you think keep so doing too. what we're doing now, it, it's, it's a lost cause. Thanks for hanging out tonight, man. Appreciate you coming up. Yep. All right. Let's go to Jacob and then Adam, and then we'll be done for the night. Jacob, what's up? Hey, hey, Kirk. How was Kansas City? Did you get back? No, I didn't even make it. I uh, I texted. <laughs> my brother is – I told this in the last show, but, like, my brother is a moron, and when he told me next weekend, he meant the weekend after. And so we texted all day on Friday, and I start driving up, and I get all the way through Oklahoma, and I text him, like, hey, when are you getting there? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm going next weekend. I could have killed him. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, get to like, he's and like 45 around. years old, still treats me like shit. Got, just got to love, love families. But, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right, I guess. So a couple things. Um, talking about the game, I mean, I, I'll start off with Josh Green. Just got, like, I know you're frustrated with the, with the conversation around him, but, I mean, I, at this point, I just really – all I can ask from him from the team right now is that he just start. Playing hard is a skill. And Yeah, yeah. And, and I that's probably the most – is that's probably the most I can appreciate of all of his attributes, I guess, is that he just plays hard. And also he's got, you know – Playmaking ability. Uh, put it the other night. You there? Sorry, cut out for a second. Oh, sorry. Do you, do you got me? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So he's got a little bit of a playmaking ability. His 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 shot is looking really good. I mean, he's he's a plus defender. He's not a total traffic cone on defense. Whereas yep. Tim, I mean, and I didn't come to shit on Tim or anything, but like he just is not doing anything at all right now man like he might need to start learning chinese he he just can't do anything right like this is this might be the worst he's looked with us honestly i mean he he's he's shooting how he was when kid first came on board um and that worried me because from the start of the 2021-22 season up until the first detroit game this year it was like a 60 game span he shot 33 percent, and then he bounced back and he's been pretty good, but since then he's actually been like the last four games. I want to say he's like four or five of twenty six. It's rough, man. Like, like he honestly is reminding me of Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Along Came Paul. <laughs> like he's just—he's a. Brick I felt bad for him tonight because he was clearly mad at himself, but like the blown layups were killing me. Yeah, and he's like smoking a layup or two every game now. It's like, dude, like what can you do right now? Honestly, That's like right. his best. His best attribute tonight in the first half was his rebounding. Yeah. Like, that's how bad it was. Oh, goodness. That's funny. So, and, and then this leads me to a segue into a conversation about Kid. When he subbed Tim in for Josh uh, the closer to the end of the game. I mean, I know Josh came back in for Spencer a couple minutes later. But that's when Spencer started finally not sucking. Like, he was showed up just in time for crunch time. But kid needed to see one go. Like the miss dunk was like he he was so pissed after that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he finally was he was putting the ball in the hoop. That's when it when it mattered the most. Some great buckets, like some really great buckets. Right, right. But then kid makes the freaking kid makes the dumbass decision to take Josh out when Josh is 
being as being as, as effective as effective as he could possibly be. The moment I understand kids' rotations is the moment I am somehow like doing this for work instead of for hobby. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm honestly really tired of kid. Maybe not to the level of Akiva, but I just don't get it. And he, I said this earlier in the chat. Like, I guess it's kind of this. It's it's kind of like how players like I can appreciate you playing hard. Kids just so robotic, man. And it that honestly it drives me a little bit more crazy than it probably should. But like when Luke is about to go to get teed up, and man, go get the tech for him. Yeah, I like, that, yeah. I would love it just once. Yeah, and so yeah, that's 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 my two cents about kid right now, and it just feels like the organization's at such a crossroads right now. Um. Like who's even who? What team even wants any of our players right now? I saw Do- the Jazz, you know, like Dorian, but like Danny trading with Danny Ainge is always a good idea, huh? <laughs> and like I guess Reggie's kind of coming on here a little bit. You know, like he was low key good tonight, but I mean, you know, I don't know. And I guess the right deal, Josh and Spencer, you know, like. Everybody but Luca is tradable. I, I agree with that, and it's not saying I but, want them to trade anyone, but you have to like. There's not a f- the Josh Bo says this right. over and over again. When Luca is 27, most of these guys are going to be in their mid 30s. They're already the seventh oldest team, and that's right. with Hardy and Green. Yeah, yeah, I was actually taken aback a little bit to. I I just never realized this about Dorian. He's like he's thirty. Played, isn't he? I mean, he was a he was an undrafted senior, and the Mavericks have exacted every ounce of talent from him. He he's taken a small step back this year, but he's still so good. But right, it, right, yeah. And I was about to say, like he's he you can tell he's taken a little bit of a step back on defense this year, it's, and it makes you and and so it, it's like those guys, him and uh, what were the didn't we talk about this at one point? The minutes totals for in the playoffs for Reggie and for uh Dorian were like 700 minutes. Oh, they were they were playing 40 like 2 minutes I mean, a night every just, single game. It reminds me of that old like fantasy football rule where it's like the once a guy gets a certain number of carries in a season you want to stay away because they're just never the same unless you're Derrick Henry. Um and and that's it just it, Dorian just might not ever be the same on defense. I mean, Josh, yeah, somebody said no, earlier, Josh uh, is the best defender, and I think that's true now that refs have stopped calling him for body fouls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, I mean, that's it's Dorian's probably topped out. Like you said, like he's on the wrong side of 30 now. Like it's hard to yeah. get back. Like, <laughs> like you can't really go up from here now, I guess. It's sad to say, but that's just how it is in pro sports. Sure. And so, yeah, I'd – so I have to address this because my man Ethan comes in here every night. Love you, love you, Ethan. Really glad you join us every night. You, you think that t- that Christian Wood is going to get ninety to one hundred and ten million over four years? Who, who is doing that? Like Sacramento, maybe. I, it we can't properly emphasize how much of a bad <laughs> reputation Wood has. Yeah, I, I that's that was my biggest concern. With Even Wood though I think he's been season, good, like, I think he's been helpful. Yeah, yeah, his attitude's yeah. been great this year. Trying, that's yeah. uh, that's what I was worried about. And but yeah, I just can't see anybody forking over that much to him. As well, much as he like says him. in the chat, that's a bit overplayed. I can promise you, 
that seven like it's the same thing with with players remembering that Cuban was an ass ten years ago. Teams remember when a guy like Wood bounces between seven teams. It's just you don't pass that. You look at his stats and you go, mm-hmm. "Oh, he's playing with Luka Doncic." That's what you do. You don't go, "Oh, that guy's a bucket." Like you know, <laughs> I just I don't like big men. There there is there shouldn't be a market for big men. Like somebody earlier in the chat might have been Heath as well pointed out that like Aiton he thinks Aiton is bad. And I don't necessarily think Aiton is bad, but I think like overpaying big men is one of the biggest mistakes you can make in the modern NBA. Yeah, this day and age, yeah, especially. It's like that died with, oh gosh, I don't even know who, I can't even think of the last like max level big man. Uh, well, Harris says, yeah, 30 million for Miles Turner, but it's actually 20 million. He just, the way they structured the deal was they, they it's like a descending deal where he gets paid the same amount of money. And like, would you want to pay for for Turner's knees? I wouldn't. No, yeah, and I'm a Texas fan. I love yeah. Miles Turner. He but, went to Josh yeah, Bowes High School. He's good. Are... I just I don't know. It's just bigs. Like, give me an energy big who can roll. Like, uh, there, you know, give me somebody for for seven to twelve million dollars that can go out and play hard and set screens and grab rebounds. Like, just not Javale McGee. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like Jokic and. And beat are like the only two big men that like and they're the modern era. They're like Jokic is a point guard and sure. a big ass dude's body. Well, Ethan in the chat says, you know, you said this about Brunson. I don't remember saying this about Brunson, but I'm not gonna argue with you on that. But it is a ball handler's league. And Brunson, as we have seen, is actually mm. like valuable not just because like he's a defender, like he he plays tough defense. Like Wood is a one way player, and he's not a good defender just because he's playing like he's stat block like chasing now, like again like that seven game winning streak that they went on they won by like three points every game and that was with wood actually playing outstanding it's just there this team doesn't like i think what happens is if they don't trade wood they let wood go to market and then they make him a deal that's very similar to the extension and see what he does yeah i agree with agree with that and what i mean yeah he he just has trouble staying in front of his man again i like him but He's he's not even really a big man. He's just basically a tall wing. Right. And that's, you know, but he is very skilled. Like I, a lot of what he brings to the table is, yeah. has been very fun, um particularly him and Luca working together. It's just it's like what he's doing is not the three-point shooting is pretty important for what he does. But the rolling like you can find like I just I think you can find big men who can roll. I I don't know. I'd be fine if they gave him the extension. I don't I I because you can then move it later on if you really need to, because, you know, yeah. 15 to 18 million, 15 to 20 million in this market is pretty good. I just, I don't see, like, I don't, like, I'm looking right now at teams and I don't see a single team that has, like, the cap room and the need for a non defense playing four. So that's just me. I could be wrong. We'll see. Ethan's right. Yeah. No, yeah. So, well, that's, thanks for uh, hanging out. I think that's all about it. So, yeah, no problem. Thanks, thanks for uh, Victor says Miami. Do you know Pat Riley would execute him? Got to play defense there in Miami. Adam, how you doing, man? Adam, as a, as a Rockets wow. aficionado, uh, had the wood experience already. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's painful. It's painful. It's 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 when it's good it's in those great. glimmers, it's great. But for the most part, it's very disappointing. I'll, I'll be real quick. Uh, it's yeah. Late. Uh, let me throw out a couple possibilities of of. Uh, player upgrades for for the Mavericks. And I think these are generally kind of players that um it's reasonably kind of uh it's it's reasonable that these players are probably going to get moved or could possibly get moved at the deadline. So 
let me uh so alec burks for for detroit you know i agree with you like uh you know the mavericks they need somebody that's 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 able to score 20 25 points able to come off the bench um instant offense be a primary a secondary ball handler be able to rest um rest luca at times and not get killed in those minutes um i i think i think alec burks is you know he's he's been pretty good for the for the pistons this year when he's played yeah i've liked him since college I he was at uh, University of Colorado and was a fun scorer. I've loved him for years, and the Mavericks just could never get their hands on him. I don't I don't know what they would have to do to give up, but I would I think he would be fun. I mean, he's eight million expiring this year. I you know, Kate's coming back next year. They already you know it seems like uh, he's not long for there. Uh, Delon Wright for you know with the uh, with with the Wizards, I think. The only issue with him is uh, he's he's got eight million due to him next year. If you want to kind of stay on him, but he's been a, a good three point shooter. He's a uh, you know his ball handling's improved. Uh, what do you think about that? I certainly think. Um, hmm, I don't have a strong take, but that might just be because I'm tired. High end, uh, high end possibility. You know, high end possibility. That's really not possible for the Mavericks. But uh, I, I think, I think Jordan Clarkson might be on the move at the deadline. You know, Utah might want to take a step back. Um, he's he's a uh, he's he's got fourteen million owed to him next year. You know, instant offense. But uh, you you really don't know what what Utah's thinking. You know, that's so. true. Like they're they're looking to exact value. That's what they're looking to do. Yeah. A couple possibilities at center. So these are, these are kind of, you know, pie in the sky, but, and some of these are just, you know, not really great options, but it's better than what the Mavericks currently have with McGee, um, especially. What do you think about uh, Mason Plumley from, from, uh, from the Hornets and kind of taking on maybe uh, he's, you know, 8 million expiring, you know, He's probably a, a better defender slightly than he gives you a different uh, look. That's for certain. Yeah. And plus, he had that left-handed push shot game winner that is my favorite shot of the year. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't be opposed. I I do think, like, so I was chit chatting with Bomani Jones. He said this out loud, a couple you know on podcasts and stuff. Like the Mavericks and white players. It's a real thing where people notice it. So I'm just like, oh, do I really want them to go get a big stiff? Um, I think for court purposes, though, yeah, I, I, I think I might do that one just for for the sake of shoring things up. He might not be amazing, but McGee is unplayable. This this would be kind of amazing if it was to, if it was to happen, and it's possible um, based on just you know Isaiah Hartenstein with the Knicks just getting he's really not a fit there. Not getting a lot of playing time behind two or three other bigs there. Uh, he's owed eight million next year. Um, you know, he, he played really great for the Clippers last year. I just, you know, for some reason, just it's not working out this year. Sure, as well. Man, sorry, I'm I'm reading our the Hardenstein was a guy we a lot of guys in Mavs Moneyball wanted. Um, fouls like a madman. Can't really play defense, but I think offensively, as a bench player, as a because he moves the ball real well. He's a he's like an interesting guy. I I uh, fit wise, he I think he might bring something that the you know kind of like a hypercharged version on offense of what Powell does to a degree, like real springy, but you know likes to pass and kind of goofy. I don't yeah. know. I I wouldn't hate it. 
And it's probably not a good fit, but it's more of a kind of offensive player. Um, Rashawn Holmes, you know, really getting very little playing time in Sacramento, not really part of their future. Oh, 12, 13 million next year. You know, he's not, he's not really a vertical threat, yeah. you know, on the lob, you know, but he's, you know, pretty him good. And, him and Luca, we had a post on this several, two years ago from a guy, uh, Joe Holbert, who used to write for our site. It was about, how he and Luca good they be in the pick and roll because of his push shot. He has that like 10 foot weird ass area. It's like, and that's where Luca works real well too. Um, I think I might like it for offense, but I don't know how much it helps. Yeah. The defense is right. Christian. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And this is more of like a funny possibility, you know, you know, you know, worst of both possibilities, but you know, grass is always sure. greener on the other side. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, would you, Never. would you, if, if, if Denver, if Denver would take McGee back, cause maybe he has some goodwill. You're from hurting me. Show. You're hurting me. You know why? Because, <laughs> oh, you're talking about terrible. to shed his, to, to get rid of McGee and then maybe have to eat four months. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a Sophie's choice. Man, because when he was a Maverick, yeah. he, one of the first things I ever did that went like really viral was Jordan rebound hunting and knocking the shit out of Luca to go stat pad. Um, and then his turnovers for the Mavericks, right, yeah, if you check that. basketball reference, he averaged like two turnovers a game from the center position. Like, that's hard. Uh, anyway, that's a fun one, though. I, I appreciate that really mean choice. His hands have gotten worse uh, <laughs> the last few years as well. Just can't catch it. Um, so... I've been really, you know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of kid, kid hate. And I, I can relate to that. I, I, I've definitely had a, a hate, hate relationship with Silas this year with the Rockets. Do you, do you have, do we have to give, how much credit do you give kid for the, the legitimately good defense? With a lot. I do. I do. It's just, if what you're doing is based on effort, I don't think it's sustainable, particularly if you bring back everybody that's a year older. And that's like this, it's not the same thing, but with the Bucks, he, he, they were like fourth in defense and then they were 26 the next year. They ran a much more aggressive scheme in Milwaukee. And that's why they got killed in year two because everybody figured it out. Dallas doesn't run any sort of scheme. Like they, they play variations on drop. They do do some man and switch stuff. But they don't have the personnel to do any of this. So it's, it's very like as frustrated as I am as a kid, it's, it's just like if you keep running out the same players, what is he supposed to do? I mean, he—it's his fault for signing McGee. Let's be clear there, but I don't. It's—it's—it's I, it's, it's a tough situation. Yeah. Uh, last thing for the night. Um, it'd be interesting to kind of uh, you know maybe a separate podcast kind of discussing how healthy you think the NBA actually is. I think we are kind of in a bubble a little bit. We're just lunatics, you know. And some of us just are you know team only fans, but I. I don't know, man. For me, if Jokic gets a third straight MVP, I think that that sets the NBA back five, ten years legitimately. I think that just says so so much bad about the popularity and and what the what what this league is in. I know some of that's just it's misdirected hatred at Jokic. I mean, he can't help who's giving him awards, but yeah. it's that. I think I also kind of pinpoint it to like ESPN and when they took over the NBA rights so long ago, it just been downhill and just the the pushing the putting forward of 
guys like I don't I don't want to say that name. Like, 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 like Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons are just like they say something, and seventy percent of NBA. Well, is that, yes, uh, here's why: because of public voting. Public voting goes both ways. Where before we had public voting and we knew who was doing what, you would see dumb shit stuff like Dwayne Price earnestly gave Monta Ellis a defensive all defensive team vote one year. Dwayne Price is one of the Mavericks former beat writers used to work for the Fort Worth Star Telegram. We found out about that because of public voting and he basically got like bullied off of doing that again because of public voting. And we know there's an, there's the group think that comes with that is problematic. Um, I, I understand. Like, I think that Jokic's first MVP was the right call. I think last year, Giannis Antetokounmpo should have won it. And then I think Jokic should win this year, but you just, that's my opinion right now. There's still plenty of time to be played, but the way, you know, the, the, there's going to be some weird stuff that comes up. I hate this too, because it's, I, I heard one of the podcasts talking about how, Oh, we might have like award floor minimums, meaning you have to play X number of games to be considered for an award. And I hate that because it's like the moment you do that, you're setting the incentive that that player only has to play that many games. I'm sorry. It's the National Fucking Basketball Association. You want to play basketball. Steph Curry went on a bit of a rant tonight about this where he's like, I want to play every night. I think most players want to play every night. Kawhi Leonard is a super exception because he has a degenerative knee issue that none of us know what it is. I, I, I the, the rest stuff is, is one of the most frustrating conversations because the NBA has effectively made a significant portion of the, the regular season meaningless. Like the Clippers right now, I think they could go on a, like, like a death march in the playoffs because they're, because like Kawhi will just play every other night at that point. It's, it's a weird situation. Was that sort of where you were going when you were, when you were asking this question? Yeah, that there's so many things, but yeah, there's definitely a growing disconnect right. with the fans and in the league, and and a lot of it. You know, I, I think I think that's why LeBron is so popular. I think that's why Giannis is so popular. Why John Moran is because these guys, you can tell which players legitimately love the game. You know, Luca, like who would basically pay play 150 games a year if they yeah. could. You know, they they just you know it's but like. All this talk about we need to go back to 72 games. You go to 72 games, they're going to play 45 games. You know, you go, they're just going to keep moving the goalpost on you. Um, and and the, my only – and I'm kind of venting yeah. a little bit, but, like, my, my only issue with – listen, Zach Lowe is, is great at what he does. But, like, some of their, like, opinions that are just it's, – it's crazy. Like, he said, you know – he said that you know I could not, I can't vote for Kyrie for the All Star game because of his post and the you know sure. the thing that, that, like that's, that's not stupid. what that's not what it's the not award related. is like, yeah. it's just not it no. and and it, it, that's so I I tend to agree like as much as I don't care for Kyrie but it, that's not what the award and not to mention like like my man Ben Golliver went on this really long rant on the Goat podcast about how Luca shouldn't be an All Star starter because of all this stuff and leadership and it's like. I sent him a message and I'm like, blow it out your ass. The all-star game is for fun. If you want to talk about all NBA, let's do that. But the all-star game exactly. is fun. Everybody needs to lighten the fuck up. Even, even guys that have, you know, obviously James Harden is a choker. <laughs> He's coming from a history. But, but the thing is, you know, like a guy can basically preface it and say, Harden deserves to be an all-star. He's been, he's played great this year, you know, might deserve to start, but I'm not going to vote for him because he doesn't do it in the playoffs. This is a regular season award, right? If he's played well in the regular season, vote him to the all-star game. It's just, yeah. it's craziness, but it's not yeah. that complicated. It's like people, people giving Anthony Davis all-star starting ballots. Like the, it was the, um, the dunked on guys like Nate Duncan and Dan. I, I like those guys. They're all real smart, but 
three of them had Anthony Davis on the all-star team, despite him playing less than half the games. Like, get out of here. Basketball is a sport where you have to play basketball. Um, oh, Adam left. Okay. Well, guys, we've talked for a real long time. Luca, uh, Prince, Prince asks Luca as a starter, though. Yes, he is. We're talk- they were talking like pre-selection uh, from All-Star, where it's like if they were making the teams, that sort of thing. Um, because the way the, the fan vote is part of it, player vote is part of it, um, and then media is part of it. And the players, there's a reason the players shouldn't be allowed to vote um, on the All-Star stuff, because some of the picks that were thrown in. Who was the guy? We had a, a point guard that everybody loved last preseason. Short little guy out of Louisville. I cannot remember his name. He plays for the Bulls now, and he got an all-star vote, even though he doesn't play. <laughs> Gosh, that's going to drive me mad. Um, Carlick Jones. Thank you, guys. See, this is why you guys are the best. Carlick Jones got an all-star game vote from his teammates. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> okay. Thanks uh, for the weird, long conversation. Um Chet Holgram got four votes for starters. <laughs> well, all right, everybody, be good. Um, come by Mavs Moneyball tomorrow. We got three posts going up that I've been editing as we've been talking here. It's good stuff. Everybody be good and have a great Tuesday. Drive safe and stuff tomorrow if you have to go out in the Dallas area. Bye, guys. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.